This is ATL Day Ones, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it starts now. Welcome into ATL Day Ones with Jarvis and Tanitra. We are live here, right here on Locked On Sports Atlanta. We want to just say, take the time out to just say thank you for making ATL Day Ones your first listen of the day. And always remember, we are free and available wherever you download your podcast. And wherever mm-hmm. you download your podcast, make sure you go ahead and leave us a five star review. Ooh, that was a mouthful. Oh, I'm going to get some breath. <laughs> Ooh, so we're sucking it all in right here on Locked On Sports Atlanta. But we wanted to also tell you about what we got going on for, for today. Let you know what's on the menu. Because we, we know you love to eat when we come, when we lay out the table. Spread this, bring this table spread out here. We just lay it out for you when, as far as sports go. Now, the Atlanta Falcons, you know, we're going to talk about them as far as Falcons OTAs, Arthur Smith is actually dropping names on who's doing well. Ooh, that's going to be an interesting one. All right, mm-hmm. and will the Braves be able to take advantage of the Mets metting? And in for the culture, our main man, Anthony Edwards, is doing exactly what we thought he would do. We'll talk about that in for the culture, but first, we got to talk about the Atlanta Braves. Um, they – Extended their win streak, T, to seven games. Who would have thought that we would have been right here? A lot of people thought this was probably the opportunity for them to take advantage of a scheduling. You know, like it is what it is. But, you know, this is a team that didn't take advantage of a lot of things right. in their first 50 games, you know, uh, when, because they have struggled tremendously. And we've talked mm-hmm. about on this show a lot about how they have been able to put it together. But it seems like the Braves are just doing exactly what they've been – what they should be doing right now at this moment. Yeah, it's crazy because you think about it, like you said, undefeated in the month of June. Still undefeated. That's because it's the thing. (laughs) Uh, Averaging 7.4 runs in along the seven-game winning streak, right? So that's one of the big keys where when we were talking about losses, especially when the pitching staff was giving the Braves what they were supposed to give them, it was where are the bats? Well, the bats have shown up, shown up big. A second sweep in a row, four-game sweep, a two-game sweep. You take a sweep however you get it. And Mm -hmm. listen, like you said, when you look at the schedule, hey, it's favorable for the Braves in June. You talk about the fact that they're going to take on the Pirates. Not that the Pirates are a pushover, but that's very winnable for the Braves as far as that series goes as well as – I would argue against that statement, uh, (laughs) T. Look, they gave the Braves a little bit of trouble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm not going to say they're a pushover because they did give them a little bit of trouble. But the fact of the matter is Braves are now just seven back in the NL East. On the flip side, you look at what the Mets are facing, and I'm literally looking at their schedule as we speak, Jarvis. And you talk about the fact that, okay, they're going for a three-game series against the Angels that starts this weekend. But where it really kicks in is with the Brewers. That's going to give them some trouble. Mm -hmm. With the Marlins, that's going to give them potentially some trouble. And darn sure with the Astros, they're going to have some trouble. So as you look across, and then they play those teams repeatedly to kind of end the month of June. So that's where you look at it from the perspective of that being favorable. And you're kind of looking not that you ever want players to be down, but you're looking at the fact that Pete Alonso, Starling Marte, going down recently, 
that might give them some opportunity, meaning give the Braves some opportunity as well, because that may or may not end up affecting the Mets and seeing if, like you said, the Mets are going to Mets. And and I think the thing that I always try to look at when you talk when you teams go on these streaks, right? You mm-hmm. know, because everybody's not doing, everybody's not doing great. Granted, <laughs> there are some guys that you that, that they've been riding, like your Dansby Swansons, Austin Riley is going crazy right now. Mm-hmm. Even Michael Harris continues to go yeah. do his first. Oh, yeah. uh, you know, he got I'm his first triple minute, triple yeah. last night. You know, mm-hmm. and and just. You start seeing those guys starting to everybody starting to gather gather around each other and get along. But the the thing that I think is the thing that can carry them through the rest of this month mm-hmm. is Ozzy Albie's got his yeah. first home run in forty games mm-hmm. last night. And yeah. when you talk about him, that mm-hmm. guy, yeah. that's a guy that can get you 25, 30 mm-hmm. home runs. And I'm not just exaggerating there either yeah. because I'm a fan of this team, but. That's exactly what he's capable of, and yeah. a lot of people thought that when he when he started to come along and starting to really make a name for himself in, in the mm-hmm. major league. So yeah, uh, if Ozzy starts getting to going too, whoo, it is going to be trouble, trouble, trouble. Like in yeah. my Bernie Mac voice, yeah, for for the rest of this um division because I I think that you know like you said like you mentioned with the Mets injuries and Sterling Marte and Pete Alonso, those are something that a lot of people are concerned about, mm-hmm. <laughs> namely Mets fans and yes. the people who cover that team. They are concerned as well. So mm-hmm. if you see the Braves only seven games back when they were at, what, ten and a half games back? Right. You know, <laughs> you know uh, not too long ago, that's when you should start getting concerned. And I think Braves country is starting to get a lot more excited, especially when you got a guy yeah. like Ozzy rolling like he is. Yeah, yeah, because he is your guy who last year – no surprise to Braves country, but surprised a lot of people nationally in being a big part of that back half of the season run for the Braves. And then even deep into the postseason, especially in the World Series, he really showed up. He really, really showed up. So, yeah, you were hoping like after 10 games, after 20 games, after 30 games, kind of where's Ozzy? Slowly but surely, Ozzy's coming back. And then Adam Duvall with that nice kind of rounding out of that seventh inning. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you like to see that. But I just had to go back to something that we talked about this week and kind of coin a phrase that we might use again on on ATL Day Ones. And that is thought about Michael Harris the second. And I'm thinking, ladies and gentlemen, we present to you the saving grace. Michael Harris the second. <laughs> nice. Because just like we call Ronald Cooney Jr. the answer, answer? I, I, yes. I, I'm going to call Harris the saving grace because when you're out there not just giving them the two-run triple, but then you're giving them a double and another defensive gem, how important is that all-around game that he's bringing? And I felt like low-key, we don't talk, We you know, we're talking about it game in and game out. But when you really look at it, Jarvis, it's a nice correlation and a, I think a true correlation between them trending up and them calling him up from AAA. Right. Yeah. And 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 it was funny because I uh, I saw a tweet from um, Dave O'Brien mm-hmm. talking about um, Ed Rosario's um, tweet status. And, yeah. and I quote tweeting. I was just like, shoot. We good over here. Good. Now. Yeah, I was gonna say, right, <laughs> right over here. Uh, we good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, where you gonna play? Because yeah. like, we're yeah. good. I, like you <laughs> I hate to be like that, but you know, it is what it is at this point, Jack. Because you know, he came in and 
at the end of the season, coming off an injury, not end of the season, I'm sorry, middle of the season, mm-hmm. and, you know, he sat down for a little while before he started play, actually playing with the Braves. He took somebody's spot, too. But, yeah. hey, Michael Harris ain't going nowhere, Jack. Like, he needs to stay right there in center field, and yeah. you can figure it out, rotating with, uh, um, I'm sorry, Adam Duvall yep. in left field or, or mm-hmm. Marcelo Zuni, if you want to throw him out there. Or left, like, right? yeah. yeah, like whoever. Like, yeah, but don't move Mike. <laughs> and I need <laughs> Ronald Acuna as we get closer to July. Yeah, yeah. He's going to be playing every day. So, yeah. hey, Eddie, man. Hey, man, take your time, brother. That's all yeah. I got to say. But, oh, um, and Jarvis, before we move on, you just, you actually just met, you said a word because that, that's that other piece giving Ronald Acuna Jr. props because now we are seeing him, I think for the seventh straight game where we're seeing him play in the outfield as well and, and not DH. So like you right. said, seeing him every day and seeing him not DH on a daily basis, that's another very positive trend for the Braves, especially as you hope that they don't have a fate like the Mets where one or two of the stars end up going down for injury, especially not now when they're on such a roll. No doubt about it. And it seems like the Boston Celtics on the road. They get a win last night against the Golden State Warriors, 116 to 100. But I think the biggest storyline, T, is Steph Curry going to be around? Right. Right. Because Steph Curry was doing some special things in that third quarter, 15 points, and bringing the the Warriors really, really – back from from the dead (laughs) right exactly yeah because they look dead but you know it's interesting because we kept talking about last night as they were he started shooting the lights out clay thompson finally got his legs under him and even we saw some some flashes from your x factor yesterday uh that we talked about andrew wiggins so -hmm. you started seeing what you needed to see but i kept saying you know i was talking to my nephew who's like an avid basketball fan yeah, they can hit shots, but if they can't get stops, it's mm. in the fourth quarter, that's when it's going to make a difference. And mm. when Steph Curry's ankle, who kind of went where it did, I thought, wow, that it, mm, that's not just something to watch, like you said, for this game, but that's something to watch for this entire series. Because as Steph goes, so goes that team. And yeah, it was great to see Clay kind of get his legs back under him and definitely see Andrew Wiggins do some things. But the bottom line is, as well, you've got to be able to have every weapon you can to offset the length, the physicality of the Celtics. And because that's really what that's what wore the Warriors down last night. It was just brute force after a while and then length. And if no other league, Jarvis, I don't think there's any other league, in fact, that is as much about matchups as the NBA is. Wow, it is. And it, it, it is. really showed it itself is. last night to the point where I said, you know what? There uh, there have been tweets that it, it trended, uh, went viral last week, This uh, uh, the BPI uh, from ESPN and, and their probability of an 86% chance, 86% chance for the Celtics to win. Well, there are some of the factors that really say, yes, it's only a 2-1 lead. But going into game four, like you said, with a shaky situation with Steph Curry, it, it should definitely make Dove Nation be concerned. Yeah, and we know how those fans are out there on the coast out there. So, 
they there's a, there are probably a lot of uh seltzers being um uh, alcoholic seltzers being down down out there on california <laughs> because because they are really when you know when when you see a guy like steph curry go down obviously that it that can be a, a major factor into whether or not you even have a chance to win this series yeah. because we, we saw what it was with him <laughs> you know yeah. nobody really knows that's why i said it was going seven you know because exactly. of because because of those reasons right there so yeah yeah because think that Steph curry's ankle has nothing to do with the celtics doubling the warriors and points in the paint and doubling them in in rebound and having just and actually having a decided advantage on the offensive rebounding board so you're letting them get second chance points that you, you can't afford to let them get can't put that all on Steph Curry's ankle. The rest that the rest of that team, especially Draymond Green, better show up real fast. Ooh, speaking of, really quickly, why is everybody hating on Draymond? Like, leave Draymond alone. <laughs> I well, said Thomas out here. I said Thomas out here reading the man's stats. Four points, three rebounds. You know how Isaiah be talking. Three rebounds. Four assists that just can't cut it in the NBA final. This is not grade school basketball. I'm like, dude, why everybody hating on Draymond T? <laughs> why my voice gets so high? <laughs> you know what? Real right, real talk. I, I still think a lot of people wonder and have always wondered since that moment in time where Kevin Durant parted ways, the Warriors mm -hmm. decided to stick with Draymond Green. Was that the right call? I think a lot of people have low wondered about that. And I'm not going to say that thoughts didn't go through my head in these first three games of, yeah, where's Dre? Where's Dre? And also last night, I thought about this too. And this is another thing to watch. Draymond Green has gotten teed up. In a minute, Draymond Green is going to get thrown out of a game, which means in a minute, Draymond Green is going to get suspended. And if he gets suspended... Now, you want to talk about a series being over, especially if he gets suspended in game four? I don't care if they are going back to San Francisco in game five. That might be your series right there. That is, that's something to where, and, and you love the passion of Draymond Green. You love what he brings to the table, but he has to be very, very careful, especially when two things. Number one, you can't allow that situation to happen again. You saw what it did to that Cavaliers series six years ago. And number two, if you're going to talk that talk, you, you got to back it up with your play. And, and and the Warriors just need Draymond to give them a little bit more. No doubt about it. They'll be looking. We will be looking for more from Draymond Green because, man, you need to get those folks off your back, Dre. They don't forgot about you for good reasons. Make sure you don't forget about us because coming up next, the Atlanta Falcons won seven games last year, and up until right at the end of the season, they were in a conversation for the playoffs. Yeah. But in 2022, what does overachieving look like for them? We'll discuss that next right here on ATL Day Ones with Jarvis and Tanitra, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. Welcome back to ATL Day Ones, fam. I am Tanitra. This is Jarvis. And you guys are the family that keeps us getting closer to 2,000 subscribers on YouTube mm. on a daily basis. So keep it coming, people. Keep it coming. Keep subscribing. Keep liking. And keep giving us a thumbs up on any platform where you check out your podcast. And what does the thumbs up look like? It's a five-star review. You've been giving it to us. Keep giving it to us. And tell your friends to go and do the same. Appreciate you guys for that. And always rocking with us 
And also, we always appreciate when we are able to give you guys the lowdown and the dirty, the behind the scenes, especially if we can give it to you real time and give you guys reaction. So as you guys know, this week is the wrap up of OTA's mandatory mini camp will begin next week. Arthur Smith and company smoke, spoke to the media today about that, Jarvis. And one of the things that Arthur Smith said, and I love it, is he put it out there. His expectation is for everybody to be at mandatory mini camp next week. And I love it because Arthur Smith does not miss words, as we all know. He doesn't. He does not miss words. So he has put it out there oh, for man. all the world to know that that is his expectation. And listen, we hope the same because that'll give us an opportunity to get one step closer to seeing what these guys look like. Arthur Smith talked about the fact that he looks at the success of OTAs being about things like how are you in shape? You know, what, what does it look like in terms of what your offseason workout plan was and what you bring to the table as a player? What does it look like as far as your progression in understanding the playbook? Next week for mandatory minicamp, we'll be able to hopefully see people begin to separate themselves that much more as the Falcons then prepare to come back in July for training camp. But we got some thoughts from Arthur Smith. And then Jarvis and I have thoughts. So we're going to give it to you right here. So first of all, one of the things that uh, Arthur Smith talked about, and we've actually mentioned it to you guys as well, and that is who he was impressed with Jarvis. And he actually called out a few people there. And not to say, of course, that he's not impressed with more, but we're going to focus on those individuals that he called out today, including Demir Bird, Cordero Hodge, Jermaine Fetty, whom you and I have both talked about, as well as Dean Marlowe when we talked about the revamp secondary. So those are individuals whom he's been impressed with so far during OTAs as well as both QBs. You know what? The thing about the thing, and the one that really stands out to me is because, you know, I've been an advocate for, you know, uh, improving his offensive line for yes. quite some time. Yes. And when you are projected, I say projected, and I'm, putting, mm -hmm. I'm using air quotes for all the people that, you know, that's listening on our audio platform. Make sure you go ahead and download their podcast and go ahead and give us a five-star review. Um, I, I, I think I want, I'm, it concerned me mm -hmm. that, you know, you're coming back with the same offensive line that, that gave up 40 plus sacks last year. Yes. You know, and for, guys like a guy like Jermaine Fetty's name to be mentioned mm -hmm. in that conversation that kind of makes me happy right because yes. I'm all for competition I'm oh. all for pushing guys and and if you have a guy that you did not pick the fit your option up on in mm -hmm. Caleb McGarry yeah and that means that you don't care for him to be around after this season so why not go ahead and replace him now mm -hmm. you know and, and, and even if it, if it comes to the point where you feel like there still may be a, a space for him. Move mm -hmm. down left guard. Throw him in that competition. Mm -hmm. you know, go and let them figure it out down there because I'm I'm, I'm real big on competition because yeah. though you, no one needs to be settled in on where they where they are as a player or exactly. as a starter unless mm -hmm. you're a guy like a Jake Matthews mm -hmm. and you know he's not going to rest on his laurels or mm -hmm. as a Grady Jarrett you know for a fact he's not going to rest on his laurels he's going to do any and everything yeah. to you know make sure he maximizes his potential um day in and day out if I can yeah. use a a colloquialism there <laughs> um but um but yeah I I think it's it's really cool to hear hear mm -hmm. that name hear those names you know uh, like I said Dean Marlowe I think the secondary is going to be much better than it was last year. 
Yes. Um, <laughs> you know, and and when you hear guys like that names being called, I, I think, you know, it, it makes me happy. Yes. And then you talked about one of the things that Arthur Smith has not just preached about, but he's actually been about that last season and even in this offseason as well. And that is making sure that we know that competition is there at every position. And that includes something interesting that he said in terms of Felipe Franks, who is, of course, taking reps at tight end. So he's a part of sort of this hybrid position group that has been formulated, but he will also be taking reps at QB. So again, while Smith said that he was definitely pleased with what he's seen out of Marcus Mariota and Desmond Ritter so far, Felipe Franks will still be taking reps at QB. And I like it because you just never know. It's almost like letting you know, oh, somebody's always looking in the background. So you need to be on your A game every single time. But there were also a couple of interesting comments that came out from the assistant coaches. And I wanted to mention those, Jarvis, because we've talked about one of those guys recently as well. And even last week mentioned one of them as well. And that is Richie Grant. So assistant secondary coach John Hope talked about him and talked about the fact that he feels like Richie Grant has taken a good step. And I thought that was a very positive comment about Richie because we talked about him needing to take that step and being a part of a revamped, evolving, and hopefully more successful secondary. You know, and and the thing about Richie, though, mm -hmm. like I always felt like I feel my eyes told me that this guy is going to be a good football player. Agreed. And, like, given the circumstances last year, you know, having to step in, Mm -hmm. And I think it's it shouldn't be an indictment on what he did last year. Yeah. It should be, you know, a, a stamp of approval that say, mm -hmm. okay, this guy has talent. For him to go down there and play and jump in a, probably one of the hardest positions in the secondary to, mm -hmm. in today's game, given how much you know uh, action nickel um, nickel cornerbacks yeah. get, and they're looked at as starters nowadays. Mm -hmm. You know, so I, I think that you know for him to go in there and do a solid job, I think it mm -hmm. speaks to him being able to grasp concepts, yes. being able to, you know, make adjustments on the fly, which is pretty much what a DB has to do, yes. <laughs> you know, on a, on a daily basis and mm -hmm. very quickly too. I don't think people understand how, how, they, how it goes down when you play right. in that position. It is probably mm -hmm. one of the hardest positions to play in the NFL, mm -hmm. that's for sure. Um, Cause you think about it, they're actually backpedaling when guys are running at them full speed. Think about that. So, um, I, but I, but I am excited about um, Richie Grant. You know, playing the safety position full time this year mm -hmm. and, and focusing solely on that. And I, and I, like I said, I think he's, I think he's, I think he's going to be a guy that people are going to be like, oh, that's why they drafted him in the second that's round of the twenty twenty one NFL draft. That is why they drafted him so high. And it's just good to hear coach also say that Richie's taking a good step because I'm going to use your word. That tells me that he is not being indicted for and, and kept uh, kind of like on the hook for what he didn't quote unquote do last year with the high expectations of him being a high draft pick right. that's saying that, Hey, they see potential in him and they're looking to give him opportunities to show this year, what he can do. And also TJ Yates spoke highly on Drake London, but we're going to actually talk a little bit more about that in a topic that we're going to broach tomorrow about the Falcons in terms of the fact that London thinks that he indeed has enough speed to go over the top. Also Dean Pease had an opportunity to meet with the media today and I, as I always say, Jarvis, Dean is going to give us a, a Deanism 
each and every time he steps to the podium. So I love to hear it. I love hearing yeah. it. So, you know, um, he said he let it be known today that he invited A.J. Terrell to the play callers meeting um, mm -hmm. because he wants Terrell to take on more of a vocal leadership role, even though he's not a, quote, rah-rah type. Right. And I think that says a lot mm -hmm. because when you think about where A.J. Terrell, the jump, the leap that he made last mm -hmm. year, <laughs> like going from the maybe the third best corner in his rookie season right. or come, coming and going into the draft being the third best prospect, cornerback mm -hmm. prospect, mm -hmm. to making the jump to being ranked right behind Jalen Ramsey yes. and one of the, as the one of the best corners in the league from yes. a, a grading standpoint, right? Mm -hmm. And now it's kind of like, okay, we, we, we saw the, we've seen the progression that we'd like to see in the first round pick. Mm -hmm. Now we want to see you start taking on more of a role and being yeah. a leadership role and being more vocal. Like I said, you mm -hmm. don't have to be a rah-rah guy. We know that's right. not who you are. And that's what I love about DPs. He finds mm -hmm. little things and, and draws those things out, you know, of those of all of his players. He finds how like for Isaiah Oliver, for example. He, yeah. he said, you know what? You don't play that well outside. Right. But I think I can make you work. In, right here in the inside playing that nickel mm -hmm. like that's the mind of a great coach yes a guy that can find fi figure out how to draw something that he sees in the player and he's mm -hmm. been really good at that so yes. if, if he if dean p said you need to be more of a leader well damn it aj terrell is going to be more of a leader yeah assume the position assume exactly the position. yeah we love it we love it so when we come back we're going to talk a little bit about a guy who always assumes the position he is always up for the task no matter what you want to hear about it we'll talk about him one of our local products doing some things out there and we love to see it it's big talk about it for the culture on the other side it's atl day one come back and join us for it Final segment of ATL Day Ones with Jarvis and Tanisha. We want to just say thank you for rocking with us throughout the entire show and rocking with us throughout the entire week. This is a Thursday. You were here Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. It's Thursday. We're going to see you Friday. We just know you're going to be here because you have, have been really, really kicking behind when it comes to liking and subscribing to our YouTube page, you know, Locked On Sports Atlanta. If you don't, if you haven't heard, hey, Go ahead and like it. If you haven't subscribed, go ahead and subscribe. And turn mm -hmm. on those notifications so you know exactly when we get ready to drop. And yeah. always remember that we are free and available wherever you download your podcast. And just remember to go ahead and give us a five-star review. We are hashtag mm -hmm. push for 2K. We're at 1,600 subscribers. We're trying to push for 2K, y'all. Help us get there, please. Y'all remember Y2K and how nothing went down? No, that's not how we're trying to get down. We are trying to get there because it is be a milestone for us because we have been trying to push this good content out there just for you all. And we really, really, really appreciate you for all of the support. But T, this is for the culture and it is the intersection between sports, entertainment and the culture. And sometimes whatever the hell we want to talk about because <laughs> that's just how we get down. All right. Now, our boy, you said a, a hometown product. Local hero, yeah. the, the man, the, the personality, just <laughs> Anthony Edwards T. Yes. He made his debut. I'm assuming it's his debut. I haven't heard of him doing any other movies. So that's right. what we're going to go with today. Right. He made his debut in the movie Hustle. It is a movie with Adam Sandler. It is a 
uh, kind of, you know, a, a well-traveled scout. And mm -hmm. uh, he's trying to, you know, figure out, you know, how to save his career and find that next guy, right? And yeah. um, um, Anthony Edwards was a player on an opposing team of the guy that um, Adam Sandler was scouting. And mm -hmm. I just said, and you just kind of look at him and how he's – in that in that world right and how he's acting and and kind of trying to do something it seems like it's natural it seems yeah. like that's just it's just him playing basketball but he's actually a camera is on him so it, he just looks so natural and it like and just to to see him doing something like that it just seems mm -hmm. like yeah i'm not surprised he's doing that no not at all. I had an opportunity to meet him for the first time and do a one-on-one -on -one interview with him during All-Star Weekend. And I'm telling you, Jarvis, when you turn on a camera and a light, dude is ready. He's ready to roll. Yep. Uh-huh. Yes. Exactly. Was, oh, my God. We had so much fun. And, you know, the video is was only, you know, the interview itself was only maybe like two, two and a half minutes. Well, actually, probably about two minutes and 15 seconds because that's all you can get on Twitter. But, mm -hmm. um, we talked before and after that for so long, just kind of hanging out and kicking it. And he's just such a bright light. Like when he walked through the room, you know, because you always typically are watching your subjects or what have you ahead of time, trying to get a feel for them if you don't already know them. And in his case, I had not met Aunt uh, before that, but I knew some family and friends of his. So I kind of reached out to them. What is he like? What should I expect? And they were like, he's just a ball of energy, just very positive, just really a good cool guy and when I wrapped up the interview I remember texting them and saying he did not disappoint so I can see this kind of evolution of him of course he's very early in his career but long after if he decided to go into movies if he decided to host shows and you know switch over to becoming media as uh, our boy Randy Michael likes to call it media <laughs> but yeah like literally and we're putting that in air quotes by the way for those of you who are listening but yeah he's the type of guy Indeed, Jarvis, who whatever he wants to do, be a big time endorser. Like, I totally see that coming because that personality is absolutely off the charts. And you love to see it because the personality, the game and the personality are just as big as one another. Like, they, there's a one two punch for him. And listen, we watch him because, you know, folks have dreams and hopes and big pie in the skies like, dang. Sure, wish he could come back home. Could you imagine that personality back home? Oh my home? God! Just saying. Like, All right, y'all. Like, think about hold on, hold on, T. Before you before you move on, like people actually were saying in that draft that they didn't know who the best player coming out of that draft was going to be. I, I, like I the fact that people were yeah. that came out of folks' mouth because I was sitting up here, I was like, "What are y'all looking at? The, it's yeah. this dude." Forget the Georgia Bulldogs basketball team yeah, and please, Tom Crean and all that crap. Yeah. This dude was the best player, yeah. all-around guy in that draft, hands down, and he's proven to do that right now. And like you said, and whatever he wants to do, post-career, during career, as far as acting, if he's if he can use his personality, mm -hmm. go ahead and sign him up. Like you said, yeah. whether it be an actor, yeah, or like you said, a, a, a spokesperson for whatever company. I promise you, he's going to sell it. And I think that I'm definitely going to be looking out for this movie, Hustle. Yeah. Like I said, Adam Sandler and LeBron James is uh, helped to produce it as well. So, oh, yeah, okay. I'm going to check that thing out and see what yeah, it's out right now. So, we're going to check it out. Yeah, because LeBron has definitely done some good things in that producer space. He's definitely done Indeed. some good things in that producer space because, uh, what was it called? Uh, not, was it Player's Remorse or the. Um, 
But you know what I'm talking yes, about. Yes, yeah. Yep, Fair right. Wars, yep. Mm -hmm. Showtime show. Really very, very good show. Um, Sheena Arnold was amazing. But anyway, that was a very, very good show. And low-key, Adam Sandler, I'm one of those people who- Survivor's I'm, Remorse. That was what Survivor's Remorse. That's Remorse. it. That's it. Player's Remorse didn't sound quite right. So yeah, Survivor's Remorse, it is. Very, very good show that LeBron James had his hand on. But low-key, I love- Adam Sandler's uh, movies as well because oftentimes it has yeah. a theme. Yeah. And, yes, it has a theme and a lesson, and he brings it across cool in a cool way. So we're looking out for hustle, and we want you guys to continue looking out for us as your first choice ATL Day Ones right here on the Locked On Sports Atlanta Network. And after you check us out, don't just stop there. Go ahead and check out A to Z with Mark Zeno because he is always bringing the heat, even if you don't agree with him. Which he doesn't like Dylan. He's going to bring it all day, every day. And we're bringing it back to you on a Friday to wrap up a great week. So come back tomorrow and hear what it is that we have to talk about all things Sports Atlanta. So for Jarvis, I am Tanitra. Appreciate you guys for stopping by. And we'll see you next time. Y'all come back now, you.